0: Welcome back to Year Hired, the podcast brought to you by the Bastion Family Center for Career Success at Knox College. My name is Laura Lee.
1: My name is Madison.
0: And today's topic is about graduate school with Dr. Lee, a Knox alum who got their master's in life sciences from the University of Kentucky and their PhD in life sciences at the University of Tennessee. They're currently the assistant professor at Carroll University for animal behavior. Okay. Um, we're gonna focus a lot on just like your time at Knox in graduate school. Um, and like you like handled that, and like how it helped you like be where you are today. Cool. Um, the first question that we have for you is what like what was your time at Knox like? So I love Knox
2: to the point that I have coworkers with students who like may go to Carroll, and I'm like they should probably go to Knox because it's better. Um, so I loved my experience there. I was a biology major with a psychology minor. Um, I primarily worked with Dr. G. Thorne and Dr. Matt jones um, who I think are both, oh, they're still there, they're still there, um, and I was just really involved in lots of things. I will be honest, I was not a super good academic at the time, um, but I was on the swim team for a little bit with, uh, and played a little bit of water polo, hung out with the softball team for a year um, did band for a little bit, was a Pi-Fi. So like really went all over the place. Um, I think Knox gives you such a broad experience. And one of the big selling points I talk to people about is that like, oh, you have to go to a big school to have all these experiences. No, you should go to a small school because then you can do lots of things and be part of lots of groups all at the same time and still be studying with some of the best professors I would still say Dr. Thorne is one of the best professors I've ever had but to a point I would take a class with her again in an instant um and I wish she had taught some of my graduate school classes
0: so yeah is that does that work yeah thank you so much I agree Knox is great for like having so many experiences I'm in pi Phi as well so that's yeah yeah just gives me like, so many, like opportunities to-
1: I also agree well I can't well I've never been to like a bigger college I've always been at Knox but I feel like Knox has more of like an intimate feeling and you can build personal connections easier and faster because it is smaller where it's like everyone kind of knows each other you may not know who they are exactly but it's like you've seen that face and eventually you might end up having a class with them and you can help Um, it's easier to network that way and to get that connections with teachers with the smaller classroom sizes because if you're at a bigger school you're gonna have a whole bunch of other students in there and it's like fighting for can I ask this question can I answer the question and can I get you know that experience that you
2: need well and I don't know if you've taken Dr. Cermak's class yet but I emailed Dr. Cermak like four years later because I was in biochemistry and I was so bad at chemistry like Poor Sermac, <laughs> probably hated me. But I emailed her four years later and was like, "Thank you," because now I'm in biochem yeah. and this makes way more sense. And Sermac responded, so that was really
0: cool. Sorry, Madison, yeah, I didn't mean to cut she, you off.
2: No, you were fine.
0: Yeah, Sermac is actually my. I'm doing. I'm in McNair this summer, and she's my like faculty advisor. She's, she's so cool. She's so- okay. Sorry. Cool. Another point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry. <laughs> in what ways have you? has Knox helped you prepare for the, your career and graduate school?
2: Um, so I would say Knox really taught me how to communicate. So when I started, um, applying for graduate school and then applying for jobs, I channeled kind of what I had learned at Knox. And I would say Pi-Fi was actually a big influence in this, um, in just how to talk to people I felt like Knox forced me to do not just exams, but also presentations. And um, I went to a conference with Dr. Mountjoy at some point. So like really went all over the place. Um, And that really prepared me. Also, I did some undergraduate research with Dr. Jones Rhodes and Dr. Thorne. And that really helped me to be able to talk about research. Um, Now in my current position, I have a small research appointment But I get to work with undergrads, so it's really fun that I now get to kind of like channel what they did and move it forward. Um, I would also say that Knox really taught me how to deal with a diverse range of people. I did my master's and PhD in the southeast at um, Kentucky and Tennessee, and I was in an entirely southern white program. Um, And so like lots of students in my program had never been in school with other people from other countries or um, just diverse backgrounds. And I felt like Knox gave me a lot of experience with that in that it gave me a lot more empathy for people than just like people who look and act like me.
1: I know for me and Laura Lee, we're in TRIO because you mentioned um, being more comfortable with presentations. I know some people have like anxiety or they just don't like really speaking in front of others. But I remember um, the thing that we did for TRIO to help us like get comfortable and practice with presentations and overall just making your presence kind of known in the classroom was Pecha Kucha, where we had, was it 10 slides? And we had a certain amount of seconds where we had a... Mention all this information, make sure everything was clear and precise to kind of help us practice and be comfortable in like the different environments. Because I know sometimes, like you were saying, um, people in the school in Kentucky, they're not used, they may not be used to doing different things and different um, backgrounds or experiences or whatever element they're in. So I like how Knox can make you feel more comfortable in understanding and understanding of people in different, you know, their different backgrounds and experiences. Yeah. Um, Another thing, especially for our seniors that just graduated last school year, and the senior, the students that are about to be seniors now, um, how exactly did you navigate um, graduate school and hand, trying to figure out things for when you were done with your undergraduate school?
2: Uh, so, one the seniors that just graduated, oh my gosh, I've only taught during a pandemic, so like poor them. Like this has been a, I'm guessing it's been rough for you two as well, but it is a rough time. Um, so I decided to take two gap years between undergraduate and my master's simply because I didn't feel ready to go to graduate school. It wasn't that Knox didn't prepare me. It was that I just wanted time. Um, so what I did was did a bunch of research about graduate schools. I spent a lot of time talking to Dr. Thorne and saying like, here's where I think I want to be. This is what I think I want to do. But I wasn't really sure. I knew I loved biology. Um. And now I teach in animal behavior. So, really, Knox gave me a very good basic biology background um, that I use, but is not my area of expertise at all. Um, So, I ended up working with dairy cattle, which is not something Knox taught me, but helped me find internships in. Um, So, I would say the biggest thing is check in with yourself, figure out if you really want to go to graduate school right away. Because, graduate school, especially for those going straight into a PhD, That is super intense. And the last two years have been super intense. And so a lot of the people I know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, a lot of the people I know in PhD programs right now are, it's been a struggle because you're also probably moving farther away. Some of my friends are in different countries doing it. So like they've been stuck there. Um, At various points, there are various vaccination protocols. My friends in Denmark still aren't vaccinated. Um, so they're not allowed to come back to the U S they're not allowed to go back to the UK, um, because they get stuck. Um, so the biggest thing is think about what you really want and be okay with saying, you know what? I'm not ready right now. There are lots of jobs out there. Knox prepares you very well. And when I did start looking at the job market, I only applied to like three jobs and got two of them. So it, it was very quick. Knox prepares you with a very strong resume. They prepare you with very strong classwork and you get to be picky. Like a lot of my friends didn't have jobs for six to nine months. I had a job within like two weeks of when I left Knox. I stayed for the summer after, but then two weeks later I started a job. Um, And the only reason I took two weeks is because I wanted to be lazy for two weeks. Um, And then when I decided I didn't like that job, I started a second one immediately after. So it was really straightforward and easy and I was very prepared for the real world. And I felt like a lot of my friends who went to other schools were not as prepared. Um, But even my friends who weren't in biology have really, really found their own place in the last, I guess we graduated eight years ago, eight years.
1: Yeah, I know sometimes, or not sometimes... Probably most students besides the ones that, quote unquote, got their lives figured out when it's time to like graduate or even with me now being a junior. I'm like, okay, you're you're a junior now and senior year is going to be around the corner. What are we going to do? And I've been like researching my graduate schools. I'm like, okay, what like for what I want to do, which is law wherever i get like my law not so much like the law degree but wherever i pass the bar it's where i have to practice so i'm like okay where do i want or how do i want my future to look like and it's super unknown and things change and i'm like this is stressful like uh i need advice i need guidance and i'm just like running around with my head cut off and i
2: And i would say i moved a lot so like i moved to wisconsin after undergraduate then i moved to kentucky then i moved to tennessee then I was going to move to Canada for a year and do my postdoc. And it turned out I got a job at Carroll. Um, so I moved back to Wisconsin. Um, but you are normal. You are healthy. You are beautiful and wonderful and amazing. Everybody is. And so to expect a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old or however old to know exactly what they want to do is not, it's not feasible. I have students who, like, again, I was a biology major. I really thought that I wanted to do bacteria work. I do not. My coworkers who do that, like, that's great. I don't do that at all. That's not, no thanks. Um, I play with dogs all day as my job right now. Like, I get to work with dogs 24 hours a day. It's incredible. And I love it. And I love my students. Um, But I would say, like, you don't know what life is going to throw you. (laughs) You really don't. No one could have predicted that. Well, I guess some people probably predicted the pandemic. That's not my field either. But. The truth is that you Knox gives you the ability to, or should give you, the ability to be a confident individual or a more confident individual that can try different things. They are preparing you to be open to trying new experiences, and I think that is the biggest thing. And I have friends. Actually, I have a friend right now who graduated the year before me, also a Pi Phi, um, who is just going to law school. Got her master's in criminal justice. Um, And then took some time off to practice, has moved from Knox to Chicago to Kentucky to she's in Boston now um, because she just didn't know the path she wanted to go on. And she really liked social justice and she really liked law school and she couldn't figure out how she was going to do it. And I don't think that you need to be 25 years old and be done with school or be whatever age and be done with school. You can always go back. Knox prepares you so well that like two years off did not didn't phase me whatsoever Um, some people it will but lifelong learning is a thing Knox teaches and like it's really true I still do I mean I just finished continuing education this summer and I'm still learning new things and I think if you're open to learning new things it'll be okay
0: yeah, just uh, like my time at Knox these past like two years, I feel like I've grown a lot, you know, and Knox like is the reason for that. They've given me so many like opportunities to learn about myself and like, not just like about academics, which I really like. Um, one question that I have, like we kind of talked about this already, but what were some of like, the, the biggest transitional issues that you faced when you were starting graduate school and how did you like overcome those?
2: So I am unique because I had done one internship at NC State um, with cattle, and then I decided to go get my master's in cattle. Um, so I wasn't super prepared to work with dairy cattle. Um, so that was a huge transition. Um, another thing is I am from outside Chicago, um, and then moving to Kentucky was a big culture shock. Um, and I, I did part of my PhD in Denmark. Um, that's why I reference Denmark a lot. Um and that was also a culture shock. Anytime you do a study abroad, it's a culture shock. But then when you're also like meant to be an adult and you're living there and you're not in school at all, and they're like, You can do whatever you want. Good luck. You're kinda like, What is what is happening? Like I went to the grocery store in Kentucky and like they wanted to have a conversation with me. And I was like, I don't I just I really want some pita bread and some hummus, but okay, yeah, cool. Um, Like my whole life story. And you know, I was like, it is at two o'clock on a Tuesday. No, no, thank you. I just wanted lunch. Um, I would say the other big thing is, and this is a Dr. Thorne piece that I tell everybody and I want to give her credit. Um, when you pick a graduate school, she told me this, you can either pick an advisor you love and you would follow anywhere to the end of the earth. And these are not her words. These are my words, but this is her general concept or a project you love and you're willing to like die on that front. And I've seen this a few other times. And that is really true. I picked a project I loved and an advisor who he is great. We ended up becoming pretty good friends. He was good to work for, but I knew nothing really about him. I picked the project and um that was a big transition to instead of being like okay there's 20 people in my class or 12 people in my class it was there were nine of us i think don't quote me on that number there were a bunch of us but we were all competing for the attention of one person like all that mattered was us getting his attention his name is dr bealee he's a lovely man um but that was the whole game like you only worked for one person and so it was hard sometimes to get like advice that you needed because instead of being able to go to your advisor or being able to like ask a bunch of professors, like I used to walk down the hallway and smack. Is it still smack? Still call it smack. Good. Um, and like be able to see a bunch of people. When I was at Kentucky, I might not see my advisor for weeks. I might email with him, but I might not see him for over a month. Like, and I just had to get used to that. Um and instead would go to other masters PhD students under him but it was a lot different that I didn't see faculty nearly as much I didn't interact with them nearly as much I did a lot more over email which was like at Knox I could go knock on somebody's door and they were there and they wanted to meet this was like scheduling a time three weeks in advance and sending in a report saying this is what I did this week so there was a lot more independence which was great but it was also a very different experience and it was a lot less advisor hands-on and Knox has made me an advisor now where my door is always open. and Like I am always there and my students can reach me on teams more hours than I should probably admit. um, Because Knox gave me that experience that in that time where you're really stressed, you want to be able to see somebody and like ask questions and you know, just have support. And I, that wasn't when I got during my master's and it really wasn't when I got during my PhD either. Um, but you get better at it over time.
1: Yeah. Just learning and trying to grow from that. Cause I know for me, whether it's just, I could just walk down the hall, like you said, and ask my simple question that could lead to figuring out what this homework actually is versus me sending sending an email and they don't respond at all. It's just like, wow, thanks. But I know there are some differences between graduate school and undergrad. Can you talk about those a little? I know from, you know, alumni like you and other people, they mentioned like it's harder, but it's just like, what does that mean? Like is it you need to schedule differently or if it's just like you need to study more? Like what does it mean that graduate school is harder?
2: So, I found that And I'm, I'm going to reverse this on everybody, so maybe this is not an answer you want to report. I found graduate school classes just as difficult as Knox, only because Knox moves so quickly and graduate school classes have a semester. So because you're trying to cover a semester's information in less time versus a full semester, I was like, oh, this is appropriately paced. This is lovely. And I still use some of my books from Knox when, like, I look up information. I use them during graduate school. Um, my developmental biology book is in my office right now. I made a lecture this week, and I checked something in it. So um, I am the reverse of that, I guess, because I feel like I took really good classes, and heavy science classes especially, um, they kind of just build. Um Biggest differences. I would say one, no one sets your schedule. You set everything yourself. So like, even now you could pick like, I don't want class on Friday and chemistry pre- majors probably can't do that. But like other majors could. So like I dated someone in college who like, was like, I don't have class on Tuesday, Thursday or something. And I was like, what? What is that? What is that like? <laughs> um So... Yeah, that's different. You set your whole schedule. Um, They kind of treat it more like a job. So most people expect you to be there kind of like an eight to five or a nine to five. And then it's like a job plus. So like eight to five. But many times I was there like eight to midnight because I was in the lab doing something or um, weekends. I was often on campus writing, um, especially as I got towards the end of my dissertation. I would just come in like with my snacks and my dog and sit in my office. I did not have a dog in my office for the record. There was never a dog there. Don't worry. And there's never a dog in my office now. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> I would say the other thing is just there's less, you're just expected to meet you more independent in general. Um, there's less support. It's a different kind of support. Um, they expect you to be very inquisitive. Um, they expect your writing to be pretty good and scientific writing to be pretty good, especially in sciences. I imagine everywhere, whichever style of writing you use. Um, but I've also worked with people who have had some bad writing and then had to edit that. So, um, I think going in with people skills, they really expect you to participate. So like if you're the person who sits in the back of the room and doesn't really talk, that was not grad school. Um, in grad school, I had small classes like Knox. I'm trying to think. My biggest class is probably 30 people in statistics. And my professor really liked randomly calling on people. So it was very participative. Yeah, right. Like, anxiety. I <laughs> anxiety. Um, like, if you
0: don't
1: know the answer, don't do me. Don't do that. Right. Like, please.
2: I will raise my hand if I know it. But if I don't know it, please don't call on me. Um, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I think that was the biggest thing. And then the other thing that Knox doesn't have because there's no graduate program is that you end up TAing a lot. So like being a teaching assistant. And so you're expected to know as, as much as the professor as a teaching assistant because you're more available. You're like equivalent to going to Dr. Sturmack, um randomly, right? So being a TA is a very different experience and they really throw you into teaching and they're like, good luck. Have fun. Um, So, yeah, I would say those are the biggest differences I found. But here's the thing you learn how to study at Knox, or you should. And if you're like me, you didn't because you didn't study enough. And then you learned how post. I'll be honest. You can ask Dr. Thorne. I didn't study enough. Um, But I'm honest about it. I have a PhD now. I'm honest about it. Um, if, If you do Knox right and you prepare yourself, Knox prepares you very well for graduate school, and I even try to channel some of the things I learned at Knox about study tips and um working with other people and some of these like learning how to teach a little bit um to my students at Carroll now.
0: yeah, thank you. That helps a lot. I think that was really good advice. Um My question that I have is like kind of switching gears a little bit, but like how did you know? that you wanted to go into the biology field like was there like a moment at Knox or did you like always the whole life like no so I thought walking into Knox like many
2: first years do I was like I'm gonna be pre-vet and I'm gonna go be a veterinarian here's the thing you actually have to get good grades to be a veterinarian and you have to be good at chemistry those are two things I am not good at um so I'm not a good test taker I've never been a good test taker I have turned out fine in life but that is i'm like a very anxious test taker um and it's not that i didn't learn the material because i did it was just that i wouldn't i couldn't take tests i'll just be honest about it um you asked me a question that i just went on a tangent on sorry
0: can you remind me what the question was sorry yeah just how did you know that you wanted to go into the biology
2: yeah so i was like pre-vet good to go um realized very quickly i did not want to be pre-vet um i don't love blood so that's that's a big issue um and i just that's not the path i want to take to be a bachelor, you have to be very good at test taking i am not good at test taking so those two things didn't match um i sat down with dr thorne and dr jones rhodes and said like i like biology because i really liked working with animals and i really liked um science i had liked science for a long time i was not good at chemistry." I was terrible at physics. Whoever let me take physics. Oh my goodness. Like, oh, I was so bad. Um, To this day, I work with physicists and I'm like, listen, it's not you. It's me. I don't. Um, It's just the way it is. Um, So I always knew I wanted to. And then when I did my summer internship, really liked animals, loved working with cows, was shocked. But I loved working with cows. Um, My parents often joke the only cow I touched before then was like the museum cows that like you milk the udder, right? Um, That like the Science and Industry Museum has. So, yep, that was my experience. And then um, when I, my gap years, I used that to go work with other animals. So I worked with dogs and cats and pigs and rats and mice and rabbits and primates. And I was like, I love this. This is awesome. Let's do this. Um, So yeah, no, I've always been bio-focused. Now I teach more psych-focused stuff, though. So that's also fun because I did a minor in psych because I needed a minor. um, But now I get to, like yesterday I taught learning theory. So fun stuff.
1: I always thought it was funny because, like, with science in particular, like in high school, elementary school, middle school, I always loved science. Then, once I got kind of got to college and hearing like how hard it was, I'm like, I don't like it no more. If I'm not good at it,
0: mm, seems
1: like it's not for me anymore especially when it comes to, like, the math element. Like, I can do math, but just knowing that I might have to sit here for hours trying to figure out this equation and apply it to something and then reapply it to something else and for it not to work anyways, I'm be mad. Um, but overall, kind of going off of, like, what you were saying and Laura Lee's question, what is your least favorite thing about science?
2: Ouch. That like burns my soul. Um, Okay, no, I have one, and um, it makes me really sad about science that you can never prove anything. So like we often use the word "prove," right? Like I prove this, but it turns out you really can't ever prove anything. Um, And every time I tell students this, their faces just kind of sink. Like I'm teaching high schoolers this week for a summer program, and I told them this on Tuesday, and they were like, "But." gravity and i was like no nothing you can't ever prove anything um which i mean it also makes science really cool because you get to forever study things um but it is hard to talk to students about like you've been told your whole life that we prove this 20 20 million things yeah we haven't um and so that devastation moment is really difficult (laughs)
1: your whole life has changed like wait a second no,
0: this is not the truth. (laughs) You're playing (laughs) Yeah,
2: no, and they, like, everyone gets a really sad face about it, too. That's, like, so I, I don't know if you could tell this, I like to, like, really engage with my students. I try to be, like, funny. I ask them what was relevant. So, like, I try to make TikTok references. Like, I'm trying to be cool. Um, And so I told them this, and, like, me trying to be the fun professor, right, Um, their faces were just, like, no. No. (laughs) And then I was like, here's a video of a dog.
1: <laughs> Let's smile again. Let's <laughs> <Must> be happy. <laughs> Please don't <laughs> hate
2: me. <laughs> um, yeah. And so when I teach my first years of that every, this last semester, it was, they were pretty devastated. And that's hard about science is that like, you can spend your whole life searching for an answer, think you have the answer and still be wrong.
0: Oh, I have one, I have one last question, Madison. I don't know if you have any other ones, but I'm just wondering if you could have, if you could give yourself one piece of advice, like when you're an undergrad, for like what you would do, like in the future, what would you want to know?
2: Okay, this is again, this is a reflection of me. Um, extra extracurriculars are awesome. They are so good, but make sure that you actually put time into learning and not just cramming for exams. I was a textbook crammer. Um, I was really bad about it. And now it feels so um, inconsistent to tell my first years, like, you need to study. Um, Because I was a crammer, so why am I telling you that doesn't work? Um, But otherwise, you're going to have to reteach yourself a bunch of really important things. And it's not worth it. You could save yourself so much time by just actually trying to learn the information rather than learning it for the exam and losing it because like chemistry you I don't know if you've taken biochem yet or no orgo orgo has the exam right like that you take at the end of orgo too yeah and then you spend all that time cramming for that exam because you're like oh gosh what did I learn in orgo what's I still have my little molecule kit like you know what I'm talking about um and so I think that we are in a time where like we focus on shoving as much information in as possible. Um, and it ends up being not very helpful (laughs) and you just have to reteach yourself over and over and over again. Um, so I really enjoyed my time at Knox. I spent more time than I probably should have doing extracurriculars, um, and or hanging out in the cafeteria. Um, because I'd be like, well, I could have cereal three times for dinner with some Froyo. That's fine. Um, that's cool. Uh, so that would be my biggest advice really try to learn things and it's not just because your professors are annoying and like trying to encourage that. And it's not just because I'm a professor now. Um, It really does help to learn things actually at the time of.
1: I know there was a time for me where I kind of got a little, too confident. I'm like, I already know this stuff because it was similar to the class that I took with the same teacher last term. And then when the final came, I was like, holy, like, holy, I should have worked a little harder and paid attention a little more. I mean, I got an A, thank God, but I was just like, hey, maybe you should pay attention a little bit more. Like, you got it. But the finesse level I had for that final was, like, very high because I was not prepared. But I guess my last question would be, is there any resources or opportunities that you would like to highlight before we go?
2: At Knox or in general? um so for science kids take advantage of programs like reu's but also if there's a university you want to go to for your graduate degree or you're just interested in what someone's doing you can always email professors not a lot of us have money but some of us do have money and we will like bring you in for the summer to do work so like right now i'm doing um some research on fostering dogs and like adoption rates around covid i have a few grand that I get to spend on it. And so I could have supported an undergraduate this summer. Um, It didn't work out with my students here. And like, it's never problematic to ask, especially if you want to go to graduate school. Um, It makes connections really early. I would also tell, um, especially first year, well, all undergraduates, lots of conferences have free rates for undergraduates. So like if there's a conference you want to attend, if you either look at it um, there may be one automatically, or you email them. A lot of programs will give you a discount or make it free for you. So um, I work with, or I, I'm part of a group called Fenzie Dog Academy. One of my students was doing her internship this summer and needed to um, do some dog training lectures. She just emailed the heads of the conference, free conference, like a $500 conference free for her because she's an undergraduate. Um, so take advantage of that stuff. There's conferences in every field. Also, sometimes journals will do it. So like if you Chronicles for Higher Education does it, um, a lot of the popular press articles do it. And then the last thing would be be up to date on current events. So take advantage of some of the current advanced, um current like newsletters. So especially in science, there's a bunch for your field. They're free. They send you a weekly update. That is the difference between you getting a job and not getting a job. If you know what's currently going on in the field, it matters a ton to them that you're just up to date. It just shows that you took the initiative to figure out what's going on. Um, So take advantage of all the stuff that's free, because here's the thing. It gets less free as you get older. Now I have to like pay for things. What is what I have to pay for this. Yeah. Life is expensive. So, um, I would say like taking advantage of free opportunities, especially conferences, is a really good way to connect with people and lots of people. And I will say this is better at big schools because there's like a huge department working on it. But at small schools, you get lost in the shuffle a little bit that people don't know about Knox, right? So if you can be the source to reach out and connect and talk about Knox and be confident about Knox, they'll want to help you.
0: That was really good. I, yeah, i will just take my notes because I'm gonna do those things. Tell Dr. Sarmac she's the best. I will. She's the best. I think I tell her that too much. Probably <laughs> she's like, okay, Lori, calm
2: down. She admittedly may not remember me because I only took Orgo one, but
0: <laughs> she is literally the best human. Yeah, she helps a lot. Like, um, like she, I've been over to her house for dinner. Like, she's just like really like taking me and like showing me because like I was pre-med like I came into Knox like I was like oh I'm gonna be a doctor but then like I realized like um I actually don't really like talking to people like all day every day so so yeah she's really helped me a lot
1: All righty, thank you f- oh sorry I'm I'm used to cutting people off so <laughs> what are you gonna say
0: no I was gonna say
1: Uh, We just want to say thank you. This was a really good interview. I know I'm used to like asking questions just for my answers, but I'm happy that it also helped Laura Lee because I know science and what y'all do. I don't want to look at it, touch it mm
2: -mm. here. But you're underselling yourself because what you do is so critically important. Every person at Knox is doing something that is critically important. And the reason, part of the reason you probably went to Knox is for the liberal arts education. We have to tell students that all the time. Science is not everything. Just because you are good at science does not mean you can communicate it. And that is half the battle. So do not undersell yourself because you are amazing and you're reaching great heights and you're going to do
0: amazing things. Yes. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. Hopefully this was okay
0: for you all. Good luck.
1: Thank you for listening to the Your Hyde podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's topic about graduate school. Don't forget to follow us on our social media.